we, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what? You bugging ass Jeff, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Go away. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. Eating crackers. How about four beans, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. How are you, Sal? Good, Beso. How have you been? Oh, not too bad. <laughs> are we getting an echo? No, we're not. Echo, so, echo, echo. So we're getting an echo. What's been happening? Well, you've been sick. Yeah. So not much. It's really funny how the appetite just disappears when you're sick. Although I was sick last week and I was as hungry as hell. Really? I always know when I'm starting to feel better because I wake up in the middle of the night and need something to eat. Not quite the middle of the night, but I wake up and I'm like, oh, I could have some bacon and eggs for us. It's always some greasy breakfast that I feel like. (laughs) Well, it was funny last week, him in the middle of it. So I was really sick last week. And then I don't know if you saw on Facebook, but I had that lunch. It was a friend's birthday and she had that beautiful long lunch at Spices in Vail. I thought, it's no freaking way I'm missing that. That'll be amazing. <laughs> Pull your sorry ass out of bed. Pat's going, oh, really, you should stay in bed. I'm like, no, we're not. No, we are out of here. I'll um, dose myself <laughs> up on cold and flu medication. We'll just pause that illness and we'll go ahead tomorrow. Anyway, it was awesome. Like someone else drove, another friend drove us, so I didn't even have to drive. And then we get there and the food, oh, my God. You've got to go there, actually, because you would – that's – you just love it. Was it um, expensive? Um, or was it just well, it was her standard? birthday, so I don't know. Oh, okay. So it was like a big set price dinner yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And, like, they had – it was out – they've got these stables. The stables look out over a big vegetable garden. There's these two amazing, huge, big trees. So they just set up this long table underneath it. You know, there would have been about 40, 40 or 50 people there. Just one big, long table. And, you know, they just kept plying us with amazing food. Uh, Bermo invited me to his birthday one year at, um, remember Grasshopper Kitchen down? Yeah, Midlay, mm. yeah. And um, they had a degustation lunch with with wines. And I'd say you had X amount of bottles for the table for each um, for each round. Yes. But Vanessa wasn't drinking and Monster Upper didn't drink. There was like more than half of the people weren't drinking. So the rest of us got smacked. I, I got absolutely trashed, yeah. Vanessa <laughs> poured me back into the car and my parents were arriving that afternoon. <laughs> It was one of those things where I was like, you know, I knew the parents were coming and I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm going anyway. <laughs> Too late. Too late. Too late. There's a tipping point. Mm. Yeah. No, I didn't get drunk. So what What did you eat at Spice's oh. Vale? Well, my God, they had these logs. This is a picture, you know, they have like beautiful fresh radishes just plucked from the garden, you know, and some smoky salt. They had the smokehouse cranked up, so they're doing lots of smoked stuff. 
Then they did these little smoked rosemary dampers. Oh, okay. Potato and rosemary damper. That was just our little entrees. And then the lunch just went on forever. They had suckling pig, lamb shoulder. They did um, the whole baked pumpkin. Did you see the picture of the pumpkin? Mm. They just baked those whole and then they cut the lid off and they scooped all the seeds out. Okay. And they kind of, you know, fluffed it up a little bit and they put inside a whole lot of like just freshly sautéed shard. Yep. So you'd open that up and scoop out beautiful. nice. It had heaps of olive oil and salt and pepper and stuff on it. And then they had. Was it like a potato in bread thing? Yeah, it was baked in, you know, a Mm. salt, you know, salt dough. Yeah. So they had baked potatoes in that. Then they had, um, and we also had roasted potatoes. And we had, you know, thyme gravy, normal gravy, like three different types of gravies, <laughs> apple sauce, chutneys. Oh, seriously, smoked carrots. Then all of a sudden they just wander along going, oh, we've just plucked some Brussels sprouts. But anyway, you know, beautiful Brussels yeah. sprouts fresh from the garden. And, and you know, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, all those veggies are insane when you've taken them just off the, oh, you know, the, the sugar the sugar conversion. Corn, I've never, like, when you get corn, Corn right and asparagus right, you know, straight from the garden, and the sugars haven't converted to starches. It's just, it's like a different thing. Oh, you don't even need to cook corn. No. Oh my god. Anyway, it was so good, so delicious, and it just kept on going on. It wasn't lunch where they served lunch, and that was it. It just kept on going. Then they bring out another pig and they chop it up, and we're yeah. like, "Whoa, more pig, more pig!" <laughs> so how many hours? Like four hours. This went forever. I don't know, hours and hours and hours. And then we all kind of got up and went for a bit of a wander. And then I was checking out all the smokehouse and stuff. And at the back of the smokehouse, the fire that they have stoked up to stoke the smokehouse is also a fire. And they had a camp oven on it full of this most insane apple crumble. Oh, where? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Like straight. In the Not camp like oven. A, a pot inside the camp oven. It was an apple crumble Ooh, straight into the straight camp oven. Straight the camp oven. Wow. So then they, kept, you know, they just pulled that up and just had beautiful fresh apple crumble and ice cream for dessert. Oh, my God. You just can't beat simplicity. That's It was just so beautiful and simple. I really like apple crumble and you would think that it is a recipe that you just can't get wrong. And mine, the quality of mine varies wildly. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't. What do you mean, the crumble or the apple? It's the crumble varies widely. Yeah, well, I never... And the type of apple you use, of course. I never measure it. Just throw stuff into a food processor and chop it all up, so... Because it's why I like a crank. Hey, can you two perhaps take that elsewhere? <laughs> um, I love crunchy crumble. Like, I like mm. to be crunchy and so I like... Almost like um, granola. That's yeah. how you want it. Yeah. Well, this crumble wasn't like that. This crumble was a bit like... Um, softer. Biscuity, buttery biscuity. Yeah. So what's the key to getting that crunch? Less butter, more butter. Mm, less butter, more flour. I like to mix like um, um, almond meal and flour and nuts yeah. and your oats and different things like that. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't as well. I don't know. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry, that's Cyril. <laughs> Well-behaved dogs until the, micro- until the microphones come on. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I don't I don't know. If anyone knows, let us know. Drop us a line. The secret well, the, the person, crunchy. The person to know would be um everyday cook. She'd know. Yeah, Jack Goog. Yeah. She'd know for sure. Mm. So about the only exciting thing that I've got is the my children's continuing infatuation with seafood. Oh. So Curtis now will smash a whole piece of salmon, like an adult piece of salmon by himself. <laughs> cool. No worries. And then on um, Monday night I did the fresh spring rolls and I'd taken some um, squid out of the freezer that my parents had caught and didn't use it on Sunday. So I cut it into like little thumb-sized pieces uh. and marinated in a bit of um, – uh, kiwi fruit mm. and then just salt and peppered it and then tempura battered it on top of the salt and pepper and then really, really quickly deep fried it mm. and then put them in the fresh spring rolls. Oh, but God. I did way too many for the spring rolls and Curtis is just like, can I have another piece of calamari? Can I have another piece? She's just chewing through these bits of calamari. Cool. Loves the seafood. Oh, that's good. Mm. Worst things it could be obsessed with. Yeah. Well, I never liked fish when I was growing up, so. Wow. And I had endless fresh fish on tap, but I just didn't, didn't particularly like, like fish. No. Typical. God. He likes prawns, <laughs> likes calamari. I have to try him on crab, see if he likes crab. Don't start him on crab. It'll cost you a fortune. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be like his fourth birthday and he'll what would you like? I'd like scallops, blue swimmer crab lasagna and oysters fresh off the rocks. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so, uh, you've been to Melbourne as well. What did you eat down there? Yeah. Well, that was good too. Um, because I've entered the land of 50th birthdays, you see. Yeah, right. So <laughs> that was bloody hilarious, Our 50th actually. birthday is better than 40th because yeah. I'm, just, I'm just about to enter 40th oh, land, I think. pretty good. 50th take on a li- – they're a little bit different, but they're good. 50 I, – I feel like – and anyone listening is going to be hilarious, but 50, it's like the golden years. <laughs> like, you know, everyone's, you know – pretty happy you know it's just this nice okay I'm gonna tell you the story so I go to my girlfriend's place really old mate used to live with her we end up at her house drinking champagne she gave us a bit of a sandwich there's a bus coming to pick us up we're all going down to Mornington Peninsula so we get you know by the time we get in the bus we've all had a couple of champagnes so we get in the bus and we're all around the bus she's given us all little gift bags with funny things in it and she's got a microphone because you know she hates the sound of her own voice and um she's you know we've got the music going full on and then she decides she's going to do a speech on everyone in the bus so it was good she kind of let everyone know who everyone was because you know a lot of the people I haven't seen for 20 years I used to know them when I was younger and I didn't know them and she'd make people stand up and tell people where they fitted into her life. So that was hilarious. Champagne, swilling, 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 swilling. We get to – we go to this um, – and then she says in the bus, ah, oh, you know, I just all this, organised this over the phone. I don't really know what it'll be like. I asked them if they could put tablecloths and stuff on the table and they told me no, that they'd just pick some daffodils from the um, – the field and stick them in a glass jar and stick them on the table. So seriously, I don't know what it's going to be like. Don't know. 
And as soon as she said that, I thought, oh, I bet it's unreal. It'd be awesome. They've yeah. told her to shove her tablecloth. Anyway, so we go to this place called La Pagna. La Campagna, down on the Mornington Peninsula. And I remember I used to buy olive oil from them when okay. I used to wear from Melbourne. It was beautiful olive oil. And I was thinking, oh, this place could be awesome. Yeah. They're making olive oil there. Um, but they're going back to first principles to a certain degree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, we try and get in. We're in this big bus. Everyone's spastic by this stage, hanging out the window. We're trying to squeeze up this track. And we arrive at the restaurant en masse. And um, it's just on for young and old. Like, it's just full on. It's just eat, drink, 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 eat, 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 eat. Photos, photos, features, we're all singing. You know, it was all full on. Not really beautiful food. Like, we had um, this beautiful veal. It was all for girls, tiramisu. Yep. It was just all chicks. But stunning food. Yeah. Amazing. And... Um, Beautiful wine, and then we all get on the bus again to go back to Melbourne. <laughs> How long's this bus trip? <laughs> Two hours. Oh my god. Oh my god. More champagne on the bus. So that poor oh. bored, bored <laughs> bus driver. That's all I can say. Seriously, there was this chick on the bus doing kind of. I don't know, kind of backflips and hanging her ankles off where the luggage goes and then diving through and coming up. So the music is full ball, akadaka, full ball, whole way down the road. Everyone's just dancing. Bus driver didn't flinch, just kept his eyes on the road. <laughs> probably had probably had earplugs in. It's just like, I know nothing. It was Total chaos. That's all I can say. I've got this footage just of people just diving. You know, there's 50-year-old women just diving overseas. I, I bet you she didn't get a bond back on that bus. Well, it was funny because um, one of my girlfriends said, we've got to give this poor bloke a tip. And everyone threw in like 20 bucks. He would have got like a 600-buck tip. Holy jeez. So, I mean, it, he would have been – then he went and dropped us off at a bar and he was lovely, you know. we. I mean – Oh, it was just too, too funny. There's shit all over the bus and anyway, so it drops off at a bar and then we go into this bar and it's more again. It's just so hilarious. So 50ths are freaking hilarious. Hilarious. Well, I figure by that stage <laughs> your kids are probably old enough to. All their kids are just leaving school, all yeah. the teenagers. Jeez, mine won't be 50, 50. Oh, they'll be mid-teens. I'll still be. Enough for you to relax. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to grab the other side up. Did you say there are two sides? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going back to work in Melbourne soon? Uh, I'm doing a few things in Melbourne, yeah. Well, I've got this girlfriend and she runs a catering company down there. So she really wanted to do the noodle markets. So stupidly one day on a whim I went, yeah, I'll come. Let's do it together. <laughs> so I was thinking about the the um, the logistics of that. So do you all do you have to supply everything? Do you have to supply all the containers and everything that you serve it in? All of that yeah. you have to source and, yeah. and and supply all of that stuff. Yeah. So the noodle markets in Melbourne, I think, go for mm, eighteen days. It's longer than here, anyway. And they get, well, last year they got 590,000 people. Jeez. So we laugh. We go, oh, we better get cooking for a half a million people. Wow. <laughs> but. um. So much for me stressing about cooking for like seven. 
I still haven't got it down pat. Actually, mate, we we just get duck eggs off a lady up the mountain from my flatmate's school, sort of once a fortnight. So I just love the duck egg pasta, and I didn't take mm. a photo of it. I wish I had, but I did like four four big duck eggs worth of pasta mm. on um, Tuesday night. And it was just this big yellow sort of because oh, nice. I'd really needed it and sort of let it sit. Yeah. And it had gone really shiny and, oh, geez, it looked good. It was just making me hungry. And then I'd had a bolognese, <laughs> <laughs> I'd had a bolognese going all day. Um, yeah, so we just had fresh duck pasta with bolognese. Oh, my God. Yum. But I weighed, made way too much. But that's all right because we had leftovers for lunch. But oh, yeah, you can never wait too much pasta, can you? No. no. God. And fresh pasta is just—it's just—I don't know. The, I really want to get that um, KitchenAid attachment thing where I can oh, do the spirals. Can someone sponsor Beso? Goodness <laughs> sake! We talk about it all the time. I promise. It'll come <laughs> one day when I get enough credit card points up. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, how many serves do you think you'll have to do across? What is it? A week? Two weeks? Mm. Well, I can't think in that kind of terms. I have to think daily. So we're doing. Um, I think we're going to do four items, four or five items, and I assume we'll just do like I don't know. Six or seven hundred serves of each per day. Wow. So the process of that, will that be a lot of like double shift days, prep in the morning, break, serve at night? Yeah. So it's going to be a big week. Yeah. It's going to be massive. And just two of you. Oh, shit, no. We'll have to get... Whole staff. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be pretty busy. Oh, no, I'm quick, but I'm not that quick. Yeah, no, no, no. And lots of stuff we can, you know, get ready before. She's really lucky. She has this amazing kitchen. It's got a full-on walk-in freezer and cool room and stuff. So, you know, we can get things done up as much as we can beforehand. Yeah. Because, you know, when we were doing the menu, we've actually designed the menu so that some stuff can be done up prior and frozen so it's not, yeah. you know, well, it doesn't have to be. It was interesting chatting to the guy from the Bummobile mm. and he was saying, you know, that's why he sous vide everything. Yeah. Because he sous vide it, it's done, he cools it, cuts it up and then basically flash fries it and he can yeah. pump out. You know, big crowds. Yeah. Really nice, tender, yeah. brilliant sort of buns. Yeah. Well cooked. Like yeah. it's not like he's cheating. It's actually a better process, but it allows him to sort of front load all the work and then when he gets the big crowd, he's not mm. busting his ass. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. I mean, the trick is about having stuff that's just ready to kind of go. Mm. We're doing a few fried things, but, you know, we'll make those and we'll – fry them once so they're ready just to be flash fried. Yeah. So how much space will you have? Like I'm not imagining you're going to have this full-on kitchen, like three, four people I think it's like three cooking. by six. And I think it'll be probably four people cooking, one person cooking each thing. Yeah. Whatever item you have, you're going to have to have one person on that. You're going to have to have a spare. 
floating. You probably have to have two people serving. Serving. So. So that's a lot of people in not much space. (laughs) Seven people, but you wouldn't move. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be on the station. So small, you just stand at your station, you just boom, 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 boom. So do you you find that, uh, is it just because it's so busy, do you find it interesting? Like you don't get bored doing, you know, that repetitive cooking for hour after hour after hour? I haven't done it for a long, long time. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be a little bit like... You know, the nights on the bar that were boring were the nights where it was slow. No one's there. Yeah. But the nights where you're essentially at the same thing, just doing the same thing for yeah. you know, six hours or whatever, but the energy is because it's just so pumping and everything's happening that it's... Mm. You, and the whole thing is you're not just cooking. You're going, g'day, hey, how you going? Yeah, are you right? Need a hand? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, what? You want to go to the toilet? Okay, can you move around? You know, it's that whole thing. What? We're out of containers. Quick, can you run get some... It's there's never a minute that yeah. you're stopping, you know. Like in those kind of situations, there's always something. You just crash at the end. Something to be happy, and and it's funny when you've got a start and a finish point. You'll last for that long. Yeah, yeah, because you know that <clears throat> at midnight it stops and you just die. Yeah, we do half hour of clean up and you go home yeah. and crash. Yeah, or you go to the pub and get pissed. Yeah, you know, I won't be getting pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that. Not, not in the first. Not at this age. Not in the first half of the that. week, anyway. God, no way. Mm. So it'll be interesting. I don't know. I haven't done anything particularly on that scale for a long time. Uh, it'll be full on. So how do you? There's obviously hundreds and hundreds of vendors there. Yeah. How do you differentiate yourself from everybody else? Good question. There's some because obviously you're not going to be uh, be offering like fine china and like it's like one tent's going to look pretty much the same as the next tent, isn't it? Well, they generic it all these days. Yeah, you know, so you can't really be too different because they don't want you to be too different. No, it's like with all those food things, you know, they cut everyone out so that they all look the same, which is really but sad, I reckon. I guess from their point of view, they they don't want. They sort of want everyone to be doing a, a bit of trade because otherwise, like, it's the quantity as well as the quality of people, isn't mm. it? Like, mm. they don't want sort of 20 really good vendors. They really need 100 people there. They need it to feel like this yeah. Asian bustling market yeah. where... So they select you. They don't let everyone in. Yeah. You actually have to apply and you have to give them samples and they have to choose oh, okay. You. So there's not going to be real dodgy... No, there. no, no. And if we couldn't, you know, like we came up, we're doing, you know, Asia with a twist, like what I like to do, and we have got a little bit of a selling point, which I'm not going to say here because I don't want anyone to copy it. I'll tell you when the microphone's off. And, um, so we've got a different concept that we're going to do, and um, no one's doing that. So yeah. Off we'll go. And if you're really successful, someone else will do it next year. Of course they will. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Mm. So that'll be fun. I did a cooking class down in Melbourne too when I went down there last time. I um, did a Moroccan cooking class. Yeah. That was really good fun. Um, I was going to ask you, I cooked a curry yesterday. Yeah. On the stove, mm. on the lowest heat I could. Mm. Have you got your stove in yet? No. 
Oh, fuck. He still hasn't come back. Oh, you have got to ring him up and start annoying him. Well, I probably should have in the lot, but oh, we've just been existing for the last six weeks. So, um, yeah, it was one of the things I was thinking about this week, actually, when, now that my head sort of poked out of the clouds. Um, lamb shoulder, you know, which can be cooked for a long time, but I think, I'd, I, think I overcooked it. The meat went... A li- like if you ate the meat just by itself, so if you sort of fished a bit mm. of the meat out of the sauce, mm. the sauce, the curry that I did was really nice. So when you sort of had it in the sauce and with the rice and everything, it was still really nice. Mm. But the meat itself, if you fished it out and just ate it, was a little bit tasteless. I think I cooked the flavour out of the meat sort of into the sauce. Mm. So can you overcook diced meat too much? Yeah, you can. It's really easy to do, isn't it? Really? So, because I've always cooked shoulder of lamb as a whole piece, I guess, and it sort of retains its flavour. Yeah, and it should have retained its flavour because it's nice and fatty. Yeah, and this was nice. It was good. Good, and he didn't take any of the fat out of it. He's, mm. Do you want me to trim this up for you? No. <laughs> no, thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So, it, like, it was fine. Oh, I'll tell you what, the twins had... I've got to be a little bit lighter on the spice now. Curtis is getting a bit sensitive to the spice. Um, so I backed off on the cayenne pepper a bit. Yeah. It had a little bit of – you could taste it on the, the back of the tongue. And the twins just smashed it, absolutely smashed this curry down. Just a bit of couscous, bit of yogurt. Cool. So Curtis sort of finished his and left half his plate and off he wandered and Vanessa's like, oh, here you go. You want some more, boys? Like two little goldfish just munging down this curry. Isn't that hilarious? Wow. I don't think Curtis actually cared. Like, I don't think the palate spiciness. Palate in particular like it? No, I don't think he really cares. I think that he, it's his head. It's you spicy. Wouldn't, you wouldn't be watching the hot plate, would you? No. There's this fucking bogan on it that keeps going, that's not to my palate. You've never seen these bigger bunch of people that aren't into food that are restaurateurs and you just think that's the problem. None of them are really interested in it. They've, that's that gorgeous Emmy and stuff from Bird's Nest. They, oh, okay. they are quite literally hands and heads and shoulders above everyone else. Oh, are they in this, yeah. in this reality show? Yeah. Wow. It's hilarious, but there's this obnoxious couple. I don't know where they're from, but so they're just there because they think a restaurant will make money. Well, you win a hundred grand. Wow. So we we're part of um, uh, River City Labs um, startup program. Yeah. Um, you go into the program and they do some mentoring and yeah. introduce us to some corporates. So we all had to do our pitch yeah. on. Um, what day was that, Tuesday? Yeah. And so it was very, very interesting that quite a few – so there was five of us and three out of the five were food-related. Oh! So one was um, helping events put together um, like put together menus and catering mm. in respect to food allergies, so to help manage food allergies for big events. So I think not so much for like what you do at Falls, but like mm. if you were doing like a corporate lunch where you're doing wraps or something like that, you know. Surely the caterer takes care of that though. I think it's, I think it's a tool to help the caterer. So a little bit like my brother, he's a sparky. 
Mm. And I was talking to him about the iPhone one day and I said, oh, you know, do you like the iPhone? He said, oh, man, for tradies it's awesome because there's a whole heap of calculations and stuff that you have to learn when you're an apprentice mm. and you sort of you used to have a book and you'd refer to the book and you do the calculation. He said, now, he said, I've got an app, Sparky app. It's, it's called something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, you go, and it gives me the thing. And away I go. He said, it saves me so much time. And, I th- and he said, like, it, it's knowledge that he already has and he could work it out, but it just, it's a lot slower. Yeah. And so this thing sort of helps him go faster. So I wonder if it's something like that. Yeah. Maybe. And then I can't remember what the other two were. But yeah, I thought that, that was interesting. That Oh, one was a like a, you know, marketing slash... Um, bookings thing. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that sounds like it's been done before, oh. but they were sort of pushing the line that they um, would probably be able to do it that would make it more attractive to restaurants, I guess. Restaurants are pretty resistant to change. A lot of them still have um, Flash on their websites. Yeah, I know. They've got shit websites, don't they? Or I see, see the new trend <clears throat> is like don't have a website at all, just have a Facebook page. Yeah, that'll bite them on the ass. Yeah. Well, it makes you pretty generic. Mm. Well, even um, Aria, when we went to Aria, and it's like, I just want to see the menu, and it's a downloadable PDF. It's like, what the fuck? This is 2015. I should just click on a page and your menu should, should come up. up. You don't yeah. download a fucking PDF. <laughs> it's funny because... Um, like, that's, that's not that hard to get right. Like, you could run a Squarespace site and... If you change your menu, like a three-year-old could get into a Squarespace site and change the menu items, it's not very hard. They have a thousand menu templates that let you do exactly that. No excuse in this day and age. You just know who's running their... I know. It's it's mental. It is mental. I even think it's mental when I see people walking up and down the street handing out a leaflet or something. I'm just like, what are you doing? (laughs) For God's sake. But it's funny because I'm doing this marketing course and they say the most, the page that gets the most attention is your about you page because everyone wants to find out who you are, right? Okay. Today I do it all the time. If I go on a website, I go, who are these clowns? (laughs) Right? So I always go, and today I was trying to find out something about this company and I went in there and there was nothing and I thought, isn't that interesting? I just updated website and you know did it you know did update it all about who we were and stuff and used it as a sales page and all that stuff but it's it's so simple these things like you know whenever you go to a restaurant who owns it well see I'm the opposite with a restaurant if I if I'm going to a restaurant all I want to know is what am I going to eat that's Pat Pat will look up before we go yeah if I go we're going here yeah he'll he'll I can see him straight away. He's on the computer. Yeah, we, we, we were driving into Aria and I was reading the menu out. So we'd pretty much <laughs> made our choices before we got in there. But I was like, why are you making me download a PDF? Mm. I just, I, I just, like, you've got, you've obviously got enough money and it's not like it's expensive. Like, that, that, Website that they'd built was probably more expensive than just an off-the-shelf mm. Squarespace or WordPress site where you can get in and someone can go, okay, well, what's hey chef, what's what's on this week? Oh, this and this. Take the crab off. Put the put the lobster on. Whatever. But isn't it mental? 
and the, the sort of 10 years ago, it used to be you'd go to a restaurant and they'd have this big flash animation that you'd have to sit through for like three minutes before they'd let you through to the website. It used to fucking drive. Just, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Hey, um, I went to Mavita. So I took, we went out for lunch in Melbourne as well. And I went, I haven't been to Mavita for 100 million years. Can we go? And was it good? Was it as good as uh, your country lunch? Yeah, it was good in a whole good. different way. <laughs> in a whole different way because it was Melbourne and it was freezing cold and howling with rain and you walk into a beautiful warm restaurant and it's this wine and beautiful smells. Sophistication. And you just sit there and it's order, 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 order. <clears throat> Eat, 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 eat. Anyway, I'd ordered like eight things and I'd had three glasses of wine. And then my friend said to me, Kyle, let's go around the corner. We'll go to Lucy Lou. And I went, What? More food? I thought this was it. She goes, Nah, nah, let's go. To, let's go and get a bottle of wine around the corner. So we go back out the lane way up and down. We go to this place, Lucy Lou, and we order all over again. <laughs> Where do you fit it all, Sal? <laughs> Oh, man, it was full on, but it was so good. You know what it says? You're like, oh, I just want this moment in time to last forever. God, it was so delicious. So yummy food. Went and had, you know, the anchovies with the tomato sorbet and, you know, oh, I did it. I did everything. Do you prefer lunch or dinner if you're going to go out? Oh, it just depends. I like lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I like lunch because I like being home. Now that I'm a Queenslander, I like being in bed by like nine o'clock. Nine o'clock? Been asleep for hours by then. What are you talking about? But I do like a dinner as well. But for an event, I think I prefer a lunch. Because then, you know, the stayers stay on. Like that crazy ass 50th in Melbourne. Yeah. We didn't get hot. We're eating, we're eating pizza and 1 fish and chips at 1 a.m. Yeah. So that was a whole day. Whereas, you know, Sunday lunch, beautiful, home in bed by 7.30. Yeah, I think Perfect. all my most memorable eating out meals have been lunches. Mm, something about lunch. It's really decadent and lovely and, I don't know, it's just nice. Yeah. But a lot of people, I think the prestige is sort of put on dinner, isn't it? Do you think? I don't know. That's just the feeling I sort of get. I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just a perception of my... Of mine, you know, like people sort of say, you know, let's go out to dinner. Maybe I'll move in different different circles, but it's like, you know, let's go out to dinner, which is just oh, when just, you get older, they'll start doing lunch. Don't worry. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> di- well, they're all an impossibility. But like Vanessa said, she's like, ah, oh, if I go out, I'm just thinking that's like four more hours sleep that I don't get. Because <laughs> I like, I've tried to say a couple of times, oh, you know, I'll look, I'll look after the kids in the morning. You know, you go and. Have some drinks and crash in Brisbane and come home the next morning and it's just like I've been missing out on sleep. <laughs> hey, another fun thing I did, I went and um, saw, um, you ever heard of St. Jerome's? No. In Melbourne? It's glamping on a rooftop. Oh, what? <laughs> so <clears throat> it's on a rooftop in Melbourne and it's like these uh, little teepees. Yes. So there's all these teepees. I don't know, there must be 20, 25 maybe on a rooftop with all this fake grass and big plants and, you know, there's banana lounges and chairs and stuff and then in the, there's a big double bed and, you know, side tables and it's all very groovy. Yeah. 
you know, a little. Um, so what's the idea? You have a feed there and then just go up and crash. Yeah, you just go camping in the city because you're up amongst all the high rises. There's a little bar there. Like the day we went out, they're having a cider tasting, actually. We just went in for a look and sort of sat in there. They had this little bar and there's all these people. They're from all over the place. Some people just from the suburbs just come in for the night. Melbourne's not the warmest place in the world. Are these things <laughs> Are they warm? Yes. Well, not really. I suppose they are once you zip up the tent. Uh, tent. Start breathing in. <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds like an awesome concept for Brisbane in the summer. I don't know about Melbourne in the winter. As if they'd let you do that in Brisbane. Yeah, Jeepers. that's true. <clears throat> anyway, it was really cool. Yeah, it was just a little hut. And- so you crashed out there? No, we just went and had a look. Oh, okay. Just popped in Yeah. see what's going on. I have to say I've, I've seen – those uh, sort of huts that are like, yeah, the glamping sort of things mm. that are half tent, half sort of hotel room. They do look very cool. <laughs> they were very cool. You know, they had botchy sets in each thing and we there's old suitcases, you know, as these side tables and, yeah, you know, very groovy. Very Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool though. That's about it from my Melbourne jaunt, I think. Yeah. Well, we might go when we go on this holiday in a couple of weeks. Maybe. How how kid friendly do you think Spices is? Yeah, really kid friendly. So it might be a day trip. Might go there for a day. Yeah, it'd be great. You know what? They've got tables out by the. When I say by the pool, there's a fence around. Kids won't. Yeah. Jump in it. Beautiful. You can just sit out on the lawn. Yeah. Sit, they've got their dining rooms been divided into like four or five small rooms. So if it's cold, they have the fires going. And okay. So, you know, I would imagine during the day you could pretty much go wherever you wanted to. Yeah. But it's beautiful. Like even just – and the chefs, gorgeous. There's um, – the head chef there is a guy called Ash. And I think his wife was Andrea. Anyway – they were gorgeous. Like, they just want to talk about food all the time. They're kind of those obsessive foodies and they just want to become totally self-sufficient. So they're growing everything, yeah. they've planted everything, they've got this smokehouse. They're just doing everything themselves. So they'll talk about food till the cows come home, <clears throat> which is awesome. Cool. And then they've got, like, horse riding and you can go bike riding. Oh, okay. They've got heaps of bikes. You can go mountain bike riding and stuff. And there's kangaroos everywhere. Oh, Although I suppose you've got kangaroos. No, well, we do <laughs> down the hill, but we don't – not in our little bit of property. They're mm. further down the hill, but they don't come up our – Oh, do you know who was there on the weekend? Not no one famous. They did this thing with these guys, right? They were doing a team building thing. Yeah. Eight guys. They took them to Spices for lunch here in New Farm, Belfer, whatever it's called. So they're all sitting around having a beautiful three-course lunch, thinking, oh, this is great. Team Team building. building weekend. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they said, right, come on, pack up. They stuck them on a plane. They took them out, stuck parachutes on their back, (laughs) made them jump out of the plane. So Spices it. Out near Spices. No, but left them there. For three days. Oh wow! They didn't have anything. They had a they had a survival pack, which was just a canopy to lie under, a few um, dehydrated meals. Yeah. And they had to totally fend for themselves. <laughs> right. So when we rocked up, they had a van 
with all blacked out windows and they were going to go and kidnap them out of the bush. And apparently one guy was freaking out a bit. I mean, that's like that. Have you seen that Michael Douglas film? Yeah, yeah, the game. The game. The game. It's game. like that. It Great was like this extreme thing. Anyway, so they were out there and apparently one guy was pretty much losing it going, you know, it's kind of happen that someone had a GoPro on. And they were all losing it. So they got the van, they went out there, they blindfolded them all, kidnapped them, threw them in a van, <laughs> drove them back to Spices. And said, here's lunch. And more or less, well, it was at night, so it was as we were leaving, they've all arrived, and um, the girls were waiting all with their favourite drinks. So yeah. as soon as they got blind, unblindfolded and let out of the kidnapped van, they got their favourite drink, and then they went and had a debrief, you know, where they had to watch themselves freaking out in the bush. <laughs> is that not the freakiest thing That's, ever? That is pretty freaky. I love that movie. I haven't watched that movie in ages. Mm, yeah. For the, the rich, the stimulation for rich people. Yeah. Far out. I've done, I, when we, um, when I did Scouts when I was a kid, mm. we had, so that the, the sort of, the type of Scouts you do sort of depends on the, the, you know, what the leaders are interested in, really. Yeah. And we had a guy that loved that sort of hiking. Yeah. That real minimal, you yeah. know, oh, di- digger. Yeah, maximum discomfort. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't sort of maximum discomfort, but travel light, I guess you'd, mm. you'd call it. And so, yeah, we did a couple of, a couple of those sort of hikes where, you know, you just basically had a little tarp and you'd string it up in between two trees and... Make yourself a bed in the sand and mm. get up in the morning and, yeah, and then he left. I think his son got too old for scouts or something and then, yeah, the, the next person was not that keen on doing that <laughs> stuff so he didn't do any of it again. So. Oh, funny. Oh. Well, that's about as opposite of glamping as you can get. Oh, shit, yeah. No, I'm not up for that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's not going to get you kidnapped and give me clamping yeah. any day. He might get me kidnapped, but it won't be. I won't be coming back. <laughs> I'm going to drop you out at Toowoomba and make you walk home or something like that. <laughs> uh, Very funny. <clears throat> yeah, the things people do. Anyway, but yeah. I don't know that I've got anything else to tell you, Beastie. What no, else have I been up to? I've got nothing, but I'm going to have some. I'm going to try, now that we're a bit well, I'm going to try a few. I feel like I'm getting into a bit of a, not a rut, but but because I have to be so regimented time-wise with the the kids, I feel like I'm sort of defaulting back to things that I know that I can cook well quickly. Yeah. So, like, even homemade pizzas, you know. Yeah. They're still homemade and they're still really nice. Yeah. But, um... Um, like I did these ones the other day. I, I did some brisket in that uh, that American smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out really, really nice, and I had like a big chunk left over. Do you brine your brisket first? No, I didn't that time. That was just dry rubbed, mm. and then it was cooked for like fourteen hours. But it was wagyu brisket, so it was very. Was quite fatty. Because I was asking the dude how he did his, and he sets it at 75 degrees. Yeah. He brines it for three hours, 10% salt brine. Yeah. Then he puts a rub on it, and then he puts it in that smoker for three hours. Oh, three hours. Okay. 
Yeah, well, this is just charcoal, so I've got no idea what the temperature is. I doubt it would be that hot. I reckon it would be like 110. Yeah. You know, it's just hot enough to render the fat, really. And it's got that water in it, so it's quite moist. Did you heat the water this time? Uh, That time I did, yeah. Heated the water, like put hot water in it first. (laughs) Um, But it came out perfect. But I did another one like two days later. And it was a much bigger piece. Mm. And, yeah, I think there's a real art to knowing it's this big, you're going to need this many hours. He would say the bigger pieces they chop up. Yeah. The smaller manageable pieces. Yeah, should have done that. And the fat hadn't rendered out enough, like mm. it was still a bit chewy. Mm. But this – so, yeah, two days after we had this brisket, I'm – um, I just got some nice bourbon barbecue sauce and mushrooms and strips of this beef brisket and then sprinkled freshly chopped shallots over the top. Oh, yeah. It's a wicked pizza. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Just like, and the, the brisket was so soft, it was just sort of like, tear, you know, just tearing apart. I've made you some meals. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. I've got your butter chicken. Yeah. Homemade butter chicken. Vanessa loves your stuff. And veal. See, I'll never get to eat it because she she <laughs> cribs it every time that I'm not home. She's like, oh, oh this meal of Sally's. <laughs> I know. I made meals for uh, meals for Amelia, meals for Amelia because she was sick. Didn't she? I couldn't get them to her. I was over there and she wouldn't answer her phone, so I bought them back. So I ate most of them myself when I was sick. Went, no, I'm sick now. Buggy, I'll have them myself. Oh, yeah. Well, there's just, there were, yeah, there were some nights where I'd basically cook something and go, here's your dinner. <laughs> Put the twins to bed. I'm off. See you oh, later. God. But, um, yeah, even last night, Vanessa looked at me and went, uh, yeah, you need to go to bed. And I'm like, oh, I've got a couple of hours of work to do yet. And she goes, well, go and have a share or something because you're just, you're over being a dad tonight. <laughs> 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 All right, so anything you want to plug? Um, oh, no, nah, come and see us at Big Vintage. <laughs> How's the paint going? <laughs> the paint's going off. If anyone wants to learn how to use chalk paint, I run workshops. Actually, we started some upcycling workshops. So if anyone wants to know about them, we're doing rag rugging, pallet furniture making, lampshade making. Wow. Or if you've just got a really crappy piece of old Balinese furniture or something your granny left you and you need to paint it, we run classes. So just jump on to... Um, we'll, we'll put links up in the show vintage notes. or Facebook. Yeah. All the classes are there. Cool. I think the only thing I've got to plug is... As I was saying to you earlier, we now have two – the Balls is, has well, a – What's your music podcast called? So there's the Balls is the, the sports mm. podcast and the music one's called Balls After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So we talk about – because uh, we're having a conversation. So we just started doing the After Dark sort of afterwards – like yeah. a little bit like we do sort of beforehand just where you just, yeah, just talk yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not really on topic. Yeah. And we, we found that we were just gravitating towards music. So we're like, oh, we should do a music one. And then the doc goes, well, you know, we're middle-aged white guys who are <laughs> notorious for like being stuck in their ways musically. Let's force each other to listen to new music. <laughs> so uh, which – We've had varying degrees of success at, you might say. There's been some um, some positive reviews and some very negative <laughs> reviews. 
that's uh, funny. All right, Tom. I'll see you when I see you. All right. See you later, Alligator. Ciao.